0: Save your seat now at growandemaiallist.com. That's growandemaiallist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You're listening to the Gold Digger podcast, episode number 184. The mission of Gold Digger has always been to bring you the best experts in the field. But what if I jam-packed six experts into one episode? Now, over the last year, I've got to spend time with these six women, which are six of the most successful photographers out there. They've been in my mastermind, and I've gotten to learn a lot from them. Now, they each agreed to give you a mini tutorial on the one secret that could absolutely transform your business, regardless of if you're a photographer or not, from how to attract high-end clients all the way to how to write a blog post in 10 minutes. Yes, really. For maximum benefit, head on over to today's show notes at jennacutcherblog.com slash photographer 101 in order to meet each of these women and to find links and learn more about how they built their own mega successful photography businesses. This episode could completely change the way that you are running your business for the better. Now, before we dive on in, I want to let you know if you are a photographer or someone who's curious about photography and you want to learn from me just like they have, we have five trainings coming up between September 11th and September 13th, all on three simple marketing hacks to fill up your photography calendar. I am sharing my biggest marketing secrets being inspired by these women here. Head to photowebinar.com to save your seat for this free training. Again, that is photo webinar.com to save your seat. Now, without further ado, I get to introduce you to six incredible, talented, and inspiring photographers. Are you guys ready for today's
1: show? It's a gold digger first. Let's do this. You're listening to the gold digger podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru, Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like.
0: Abby Waller is a destination wedding photographer, an educator based in Tampa and Atlanta. She started her business at the age of 19 and found herself leaving college behind a year later to chase her dream of being full time. In the last three and a half years, she has been a part of almost 100 wedding days and now gets to teach other photographers how to have their dream business. Today, she's going to teach us the hack to attracting a higher end market. These tips blew my mind.
2: Here's Abby. Hey everyone, I am Abby Waller and I am a wedding photographer based out of Tampa, in Atlanta and I'm an educator for other photographers. Today I want to talk to you about my three quick tips for breaking into a higher end market. Tip number one is to implement the no like, and trust factor. The know, like, and trust factor plays a huge role in everything that I do for my business. And if you don't know what that is, don't worry, I'm gonna walk you through it in a second. But it basically means that whoever your potential client is, you want them to know you, like you, and trust you with just a few easy steps. So for example, on my website, as soon as you land on the homepage, you will immediately see a small little snippet of an about me section before you see any of my work or offerings. This is because I want whoever lands on my website to get to know who I am before they actually see my work. So in this small section, there's also a photo of myself looking directly at the camera and smiling. I want whoever lands on my website to be able to make eye contact with me through the computer screen or through their phone screen. And I know this might sound a little crazy, but being able to make eye contact with someone, even if it's not in real life, still allows that person to build trust with you. So I want them to be able to make full eye contact with me before they go anywhere else on my website next to the photo of me looking at the camera is also a photo of me and my dogs because i want whoever's viewing my website to also be able to make a little connection point with me i want them to say oh she has dogs just like i do so i want them to be able to see that i'm more than just a wedding photographer next to those photos there's also a little about me paragraph that reads Hey y'all, I'm Abby Waller, a destination wedding photographer based out of Tampa and Atlanta and an educator for small business owners who are hustling hard to create the business they dream of. I am a born and raised Floridian living in the outskirts of Atlanta with my husband Travis and our little family made up of two German shepherds and an adorable tuxedo kitten. I run on Chick-fil-A Sweet Tea and can be found spending way too much time in Target every week. If you wanna learn more about me, head this way. So within 30 seconds of someone landing on my webpage, they now know what I look like, they know that I'm a dog mom and a wife, they know that I am a wedding photographer who travels and educates, and that I have a slightly unhealthy addiction to sweet tea. My whole goal for that section is that whoever's viewing my website will now know me and like me before they actually see my work. I want them to view me again, not just as a wedding photographer, but someone that they can relate to and have a connection with. Because once they relate to me and have a connection with me, then it's a lot easier for me to build trust with them. So once I scroll past that section and move throughout my website, I want to start building trust with everything else from showing the best of the best images, incorporating testimonials from past brides, showing my favorite blog posts and sharing about the experience I offer, my whole website incorporates the no like and trust factor throughout. Tip number two is to make sure that you are speaking to your ideal client and not everyone else. This again relates right back to building trust with your clients. If you advertise as a wedding photographer, but a potential client lands on your homepage and immediately sees a family or newborn photo pop up, it's probably gonna throw them off a little bit and that's the last thing that you wanna do. Hiring clients like to know that whoever they are booking is an expert in that area and they wanna see that on your website and social media pages. Now, I'm not saying that as a wedding photographer, you cannot photograph newborns or families because you definitely can. I'm just saying be very strategic in the way that your website is set up because if you take on mostly wedding clients, you wanna make sure that your homepage is for your wedding clients and not for your family clients or newborn clients. You wanna make sure that you have a separate page on your website for those particular clients. Tip number three is to make sure you are showing up consistently. Showing up consistently is the best way to show clients that you are in demand. By appearing to be in demand, then you have now just set yourself up as being an expert that others want to work with and have an experience with. Let's be honest, the fear of missing out is a real thing and your potential clients do not wanna miss out on what you have to offer. So not only does showing up consistently create a strong following, but it also allows you to be in front of mind whenever someone needs you or knows of someone who could use your services. Today, it's honestly so easy to be consistently showing up by scheduling posts. From scheduling blog posts, Instagram posts, Facebook posts, and even Pinterest pins, you can have your whole month's worth of content ready in just one day. So take advantage of all those amazing tools, and I promise that you will see just how much consistency can change your business. So just to recap really quick, my three biggest tips for reaching a higher end market are number one, incorporating the know, like, and trust factor throughout your entire business. Number two, make sure you are speaking to your ideal client, not to everyone. And number three, make sure you are consistently showing up for your potential clients, so that way they will keep you at front of mind.
0: Julie Paisley is a wife, mom, wedding, and celebrity film photographer and educator. This little firecracker is based in Nashville, but travels the world doing what she loves. Julie has been published in every major wedding blog, national, international magazines, including the cover of People Magazine, not once, but twice. Julie is hilarious, super talented. She has the taste buds of a five-year-old. And what I love about her is that she's going to be teaching you about one of my favorite tips that you don't have to be the right photographer for every person out there. It is all about attracting and repelling with confidence, something we can all relate to. And so without further ado, my friend, Julie Paisley. When it comes to content creation, you either do it because you love it or because you know it's a powerful business tool. membership sites, and so much more.
3: Hi, friends, I'm Julie Paisley, and I'm a Nashville-based destination film photographer and educator. And the number one thing a photographer could implement today to grow their business would be, drumroll, the importance of attracting and repelling. Because guess what? You are not the photographer for everyone. You see, there's this saying we say in the South, and it kind of goes like this. You can be the ripest, juiciest, prettiest peach in the bucket, but there is always someone who doesn't like peaches. Friends, not everyone is going to choose you to be their photographer. And you know what? It's totally okay. I remember when I first started my business, I wanted to please everyone. I wanted everyone to like me, and if they wanted me to edit in a certain way, I did it. I mean, we're supposed to make the customers happy, right? Um, no. A big fat nope. You see, I had turned into a chameleon, adapting to who others wanted me to be and not what I really wanted to be. I did this, unfortunately, for several years, and boy, did I run into some trouble. You see, I was not attracting the right clients for me, and as a result, I lost my voice and was not booking clients who truly wanted and valued me. I wasn't happy. I wasn't shooting who I wanted to shoot, where I wanted to shoot, and my clients stifled my creativity. I felt like a vendor and not a friend. Someone just paid to do a job and super underappreciated. Now, I'm by nature a people pleaser, but I knew I needed to make a change and start attracting my tribe, my people who understood my work, but most importantly, understood and accepted me. So what did I do? I started attracting and repelling. I started posting about things I liked, only images that reflected my style and places where i knew that if i had to shoot there 10 more times i would still be happy i started infusing my personality into my social media i talked about my crazy fooded versions my love for disney and anthropology late night no makeup videos snapchat filters and the not so glamorous part of my business i showed my family told my story, shared my travels. I showed that I love the finer things in life, but I can still run barefoot in a field. I didn't just post serious fine art images, but instead I posted happy images with love and emotion. I posted about the good and the bad, when I felt great and when I was overwhelmed. I shared my heart and my struggles and insecurities. I showed my silly side and my loud side and warned everyone that if they see me in person, they will get hugged. I didn't just hide behind my pretty work anymore, because if they understood and loved the person behind the work, they would instantly love my work as well. And guess what happened? Instead of getting the email saying, Hi, your work is very pretty. Can you send me pricing? Hello, copy and paste to all the photographers in my area. I started receiving these emails instead. And guys, this is a true email. I actually kept this email because I thought this is amazing. And one day I'm going to share this. This is what it said. Hi, Julie! Exclamation, exclamation. Oh my goodness, more exclamation points. I have been waiting for this day when I was finally engaged and I can email you and ask you to be my wedding photographer. I have been following you for years. I love your work, but most of all, I love you. You are so funny and so real and I love Disney too, so I just knew we were just a perfect fit. So, are you available for my date? If not, we'll totally change it. No, really, I'm serious. Oh, I can't wait to hear back from you! More exclamation points. Oh, and P.S., I guess I need your prices, too. Not that it's really important. Laugh out loud. What a difference, huh? Bye-bye price shoppers who were just hiring me because I took pretty pictures to brides who truly connected with me. Brides who I would text regularly and we would become friends. And when you truly get to know a person and like a person, guess what? All of a sudden, my couple started relaxing, and I was able to capture the real them. We started staying in touch with our couples, even well after the wedding. And when they got pregnant, guess who they contacted? Me, because I just had to shoot their maternity. I mean, I was there for their engagement and their wedding, and they wanted me there for their big life events. And you know what, some of them even flew me to beautiful destinations for anniversary sessions. My clients became my tribe, life clients, totally free advertising, and I just loved my job so much. But I know you hear about attracting the right clients, but what about repelling them as well? I mean, I'm a super happy bubbly, gets excited very, very easily. I am very Southern. I call people love and hun, and you know, for some, I'm a little, I don't know what would you say, maybe extra, but friends, this is just as important. I don't want clients who only like my work, but they like my personality as well, and if they don't like my personality, well, you know what? They're not my clients. I truly feel like this is where the disconnect is and why we book those nightmare clients. Your pretty work will only get you so far. You cannot hide behind it forever. They need to know who you are and fall in love with you first and then your work. And you know what else? This is how your business will keep going when all the others fail. Because people book you because of you, no matter what you even charge. You're the one who sets your business apart from all the other photographers trying to make it work. So to recap, not everyone likes peaches, attract and repel, and stop hiding behind your work. You are your business, and always remember pretty pictures will only get you so far. Next up is
0: Paige Griffith. Paige is a wedding and portrait photographer in Western Montana, and she's an attorney for entrepreneurs and creatives. During her time in law school, she started a photography business, and after a lot of hustle, late nights, and determination, it became a six-figure business in just three years. Paige has now combined her legal and entrepreneurial passions to help others create successful and legitimate businesses. Her goal is to create a space where all small businesses feel protected and confident. The Legal Page was founded in 2018 and is an online legal consulting firm for entrepreneurs and creatives. And today, she is going to teach you the three legal tips you need to know as a photographer. That's right, right from the source. Three things you can do today to
4: be totally legit. Hi there, Gold Digger podcast listeners. I'm Paige Griffith. I'm a wedding and portrait photographer in Western Montana, and I've been photographing clients for over six years. I am also an attorney, and I love working with other entrepreneurs to navigate the law. I founded The Legal Page earlier this year in 2018, which is a virtual law office that helps small businesses and creatives get legitimate and protected. I am so excited and honored that Jenna invited me on the podcast to share with you three legal tips for all photographers. These are the things that all photographers need to be aware of and questions that I get asked often regarding the photography industry. Are you ready? Okay, let's get started. So first is all about photography contracts. Photographers who start out or even have been in business for a while aren't usually 100% sure on what clauses they absolutely need to have in their contracts. This is literally step one for any business owner because without legitimate contracts, you could get into some serious legal issues. This is why I always suggest photographers have the following essential clauses in their contracts. First, you want to make sure that you have a very specific and concrete cancelling and rescheduling clause. These clauses ensure that you are protected in the event that your client cancels or reschedules their portrait session or wedding. So I see it happen all too often where photographers come up flat-footed when their client wants their entire deposit or retainer fee refunded to them once they cancel. So if you're a photographer, make sure that the wording in these clauses explains that the retainer is non-refundable. So in tune with that is the retainer and deposit clause. Always, 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 always take a portion of the client's fee in order for that client to get a date scheduled on your calendar. Thus, the 50% or 20% fee that you initially charge a client to book will ensure that you at least get paid something in the event that there are a no-show or a cancel. And I suggest all photographers call it a non-refundable retainer instead of calling it a deposit. The definition of a retainer is a fee paid in advance to a service provider, which secures the right for you to have that individual's services when they are required. And just FYI, retainers are typically not refundable. But in some jurisdictions, state laws actually allow deposits to be refundable under certain circumstances, hence why I always suggest photographers call it a non-refundable retainer. This is especially important for wedding photographers because you are more often than not unable to rebook a wedding date if they cancel or reschedule within 30 days or less of that date because other potential clients that may be out there have already booked their photographers well in advance. All right, podcast listeners, second, I suggest that you set up your business structures to protect yourself and your business for tax season. Thus, at the outset, small businesses really just need to determine if they want to be a sole proprietor or a limited liability company. And this is often referred to as an LLC. So a sole proprietor is someone who wants to start a business under their personal social security number and has not registered their business with any state or local government. You can register your business name as a sole proprietor, but the business entity itself is not registered with your state. The problem is sole proprietorships offer no protection in the event something legal were to come up. This is because the business is seen as an arm of you in your personal capacity, and your funds with your business and your personal accounts are often commingled. This is why I suggest photographers file as an LLC with their home state. LLCs offer liability protection from your personal assets. When you completely separate your personal assets from your business assets as an LLC, then if anything legal were to come up, your personal assets would be shielded. This is why LLCs are such an awesome business structure for entrepreneurs. Also, a LLC business structure is registered with your state and just overall tends to look more professional to all of your clientele. And finally, gold digger listeners, you need to prepare in advance for tax season. I talk about this all the time in the photography community because we are often more creators and not doers. And money is one of those things that gets complicated as an entrepreneur. And it's all too easy to see a $200 payment coming in from a portrait session and plop all of that into your personal bank account make sure you are preparing well in advance for paying your self-employment taxes and other federal and state taxes come tax season. You should take approximately 30% of any income that comes into your business and set it aside in another bank account that is used only for tax liability purposes. So again, if you had, say, a $200 session fee that came in, you'd want to stash away approximately $60 of that. That way you don't get stuck with a huge IRS bill in April each year that you're unable to pay. And that's my three easy steps for all photographers that they should take to become legal and protected. Thanks so much for having me, Jenna. If you are listening and you're interested in hearing more, please feel free to visit me at thelegalpage.com. Next
0: up is Jenny
4: Maroney, a Boulder, Colorado, newborn
0: photographer and educator. Jenny is an incredible photographer, an expert at natural posing and an all around expert in the photography world. In my mastermind, she has stood out to me because she has been around the longest and learned so much along the way that she is so excited to teach you. Speaking of which, today she is going to teach you all about in-person sales as a photographer and how incorporating products into your business plan can simply increase your profits. So if you've shied away from in-person sales or you've never thought about extending out a product line, let me give it to you straight with the help of my friend, Jenny Maroney. This chick is a genius.
5: Hey, my name is Jenny Maroney. I am a Boulder photographer and educator with nearly two decades of experience, and I believe the number one thing every photographer should be doing if they want to grow their business would be switching to in-person sales. Now, I'm guessing some of you just cringed, but bear with me for a sec because I used to feel that exact same way. Trust me, I was terrified of IPS or in-person sales. I was so scared that I would feel salesy or pushy or fake. Then I had a mindset shift and I realized that by not offering in-person sales, I was actually doing my clients a huge disservice, not to mention leaving a lot of money on the table. Here's the secret. If you're doing it right, you shouldn't have to ever sell anything. When I first started, online galleries were the way to go. They were simple, easy to use, and quite frankly, a lot less work, or so I thought. I would photograph a gorgeous session for my clients, I would rush back to the studio, I'd edit the images, I'd upload the gallery, I would email the login and password, and I would sit back waiting for the dollar-dollar bills to hit my bank account. Spoiler alert, that never happened. (laughs) Not even once did I have a $1,000 online sale, or even close to that, but By switching to in-person sales sessions, I was able to turn my $200 session averages into one to $2,000 session averages. Here's the thing that I found with online galleries. My clients would be super excited about their images. They loved them, but they got sidetracked by real life, and they would forget to log back in until I reminded them a couple weeks later that their online gallery was about to expire, and they would hurry back online, hurry being the operative word, and they'd place a minimal order for a handful of 8x10 prints, if I was lucky. Then it hit me. I was leaving them hanging. (laughs) My clients are not photographers. They're not usually artists or interior designers. I mean, raise your hand if you've ever heard a client say, we just want one for above the sofa or above the fireplace, you know, like an 8x10 print. Well, have you ever hung an 8x10 print alone above a standard size sofa? It looks ridiculous, right? Right. But sometimes our clients don't know that. And if we leave it to them to simply have to order alone without any guidance or help from us, from an online gallery, there's a really good chance that that's exactly what they're going to end up with. And they're not going to be happy about it either. We should never leave our clients with homework. Our clients should not have to decide alone which images look best together in a collection. That's our job as the photographer to help them through that process. They shouldn't have to know which sizes are appropriate for that wall space or which frames would you know, work best with those images or where to even order those frames and then have to assemble and hang them themselves. I'm overwhelmed just thinking about all of that. <laughs> Listen, our clients like to be pampered, whether they like to admit that or not, they do. They don't want to be left with homework. Trust me, as a mom of young kids myself, I will gladly pay a bit more for convenience every single time. So here's the deal with in-person sales sessions. In my opinion, they should not be a hard sale. They should simply be guiding your clients towards the best images displayed in the perfect presentation to meet their needs. Do not overthink this. IPS, in-person sales sessions, is so much easier than you think. There are three key ingredients to successful in-person sales sessions. And if you do them right, you could 3x or more your sales averages at your very next session. Okay. So number one, educate. Number two, learn to listen like really, really well. And number three, deliver it is imperative to educate your clients from the get-go about what you offer. Your clients need to fully understand your pricing and your packages from the very beginning, before you ever pick up a camera, and way before they've ever seen their images or sit down for that IPS. By the time they see their images at the in-person sales session, they should know exactly what each of your collections includes and doesn't include, as well as what their investment is gonna look like. Trust me, the number one thing that will kill an in-person sales session is sticker shock. Do not let that happen. Next, learn to listen. So going into any session, you need to know what your client's goals are. Is it frames for her living room wall or the baby's nursery? Is it holiday cards or birth announcements? Or maybe it's an album for the coffee table or gift prints for grandma and grandpa? What's the most important thing that she wants to document from this session? Successful in-person sales sessions is heavily dependent on asking these questions and knowing these answers before you pick up the camera. That way you can go into the session shooting with intent, keeping her goals in mind the entire time. And lastly, deliver. So after you've photographed the session, keeping her goals in mind the entire time, you're simply going to create sample layouts to show your clients during their in-person sales sessions before any money is exchanged, okay? So you could use a software like I use, like ProSelect, which is super easy. They have drag and drop templates so that you can show your clients exactly what a collection of frames on their walls will look like or how the images would look in a linen coffee table album. Their images on their walls before they've ever purchased anything. It's so easy, you guys. You can even mock up holiday cards or birth announcements to show them during that in-person sales session to increase your sales averages. It is so important to educate our clients that leaving them with a disk of images or a link you know, to download their digitals and having to do all the homework on their own is so much harder and oftentimes they're gonna spend just as much money doing it on their own, or they're just going to sit there and collect dust. It's really, really important that we educate our clients as to what goes into this and then hold their hand through the entire process. Again, zero hard sales. You guys, you're just educating listening and delivering exactly what they've asked for. It's really quite simple and something I truly believe can take your photography business to the next level, all without having to make a huge investment. You don't even need a studio to do it. You could use a laptop and a software like ProSelect and go into your client's home or meet them at a coffee shop. In my opinion, in-person sales is a no-brainer. Emily Tebbits is a wedding and portrait photographer
0: based in Boston. After winning a nationwide photography contest and photographing Taylor Swift for a national Sony commercial while she was still in school, she decided to take a chance and start her own wedding photography business. It wasn't too long before she found herself running a six-figure photography business with clients that she loved. Now, she's dedicated to helping other photographers build a profitable business with clients that they too adore. Today, Emily is going to teach you a few subtle but impactful tricks that you can use to comfortably talk money with your clients. It can be so awkward as a creative to talk about pricing, but Emily has the perfect tips up her sleeve, and she's willing to share them with you today.
6: Hey, gold diggers. My name is Emily Tebbets. I'm a Boston wedding and portrait photographer. And I think the number one tip I have for photographers looking to really grow their business is just to learn how to sell without feeling or being salesy. Honestly, nothing kills a sale faster than acting like a used car salesman. And if you're feeling like a used car salesman, you're probably gonna end up fumbling around and fudging the sale anyway. So really strengthening that sales muscle is essential if you wanna keep your business from stagnating. And it's also the best way to increase your income and client satisfaction without hustling harder to take on more work and without raising your prices. So I have three simple steps for you today that you can take to become better at selling without feeling salesy along the way. First, a lot of times we think of selling as happening during the client consultation, right? Like when we're face to face or maybe on the phone with the potential client and talking to them. But in reality, it actually starts a lot sooner than that. It starts with your website, with your social media presence, with whatever investment guide you send out to your clients, if you send that to them before the consultation. And so it's really important to just start demonstrating the value of all the different services and products that you offer on those different channels. So for example, you know, a lot of times we may not talk about albums or second shooters or engagement sessions and the value of them very often on our social media channels. So by the time we get to the consultation, they don't really know too, too much about what we have to offer. And we really haven't spent much time building up that value to them, which means that we have to do a lot of explaining and what can feel like convincing during the consultation. And it's really that explaining and convincing in a condensed amount of time that can make you feel like you're a little bit on the defensive. And that's often what we think of as high pressure sales. And that's really what most of us feel uncomfortable and icky about. So one great way to avoid that is just to start talking about what services and products you offer more on your website and social media channels and start really building up the value of those things in those places. So for example, on your Instagram, every so often do a post about albums or second shooters or engagement sessions or prints or whatever it is that you offer and just give some sort of story or quote or testimonial about how it serves your clients and why they value it. Remember, it's not really about why you love it. It's about why your clients love it. You want to be thinking what's in it for them, and that's the key. Then by the time you guys get to the consultation, Oftentimes, your clients will be really excited to ask you about those things because they got to learn about those things and become familiar with them and their value in a really low-pressure environment over time. My second tip for you is to start approaching consultations with the mindset of serving rather than selling. I think a lot of times we think of consultations as purely the time where we get to know clients and try to close a sale with them, and really, that's not the case. Our job during consultations is really to find out what our clients want, need, value, and fear, like where their concerns are. And from there, determine if you're a good fit for one another. When you're able to look at the consultation as a way to find out if you're truly able to serve them well as clients... It becomes a lot easier to sell to them because it's not even really selling at all. It's just doing them a service by making sure that you're matching them with services and products that match their wants and needs. So, for example, if they say to you that candid photos of their guests throughout the day, including cocktail hour, is really important to them, you would be doing them a disservice by not suggesting that they add a second shooter to their package because really that's going to get them what they're looking for and in the end that's really what it's all about just finding out what it is that they value and giving it to them the third tip i have for you is my favorite way to make sure you're nailing your client consultations and just staying in the seat of expert throughout the entire time what i want you to do is to build just a really simple general outline of how your client consultations go Mark the areas where you're moving from one subject to another, and then come up with a transitional phrase for each one of those areas that feels really, really good to you. Next, I want you to come up with some common, not so common, and nightmare question scenarios that might pop up during consultations. Take a minute, sit down, and write out some great answers to those questions. Make sure they feel really solid, that you feel confident in them, and that they're nice and concise and pretty easy to say. You don't want to be stumbling over your words. If you're feeling a little stuck on how to answer some of those questions, pop on over into one of your favorite Facebook groups and ask some fellow photographers there how they would answer the question. This is a great time to crowdsource. Then write those answers down, make them your own, and practice them until they feel really natural when you say them. That way, even if your client throws you a really tough question, you have a confident response tucked in your back pocket, and your clients will continue to really trust you as the expert that you are. So to recap, three things you can do to begin selling without feeling salesy are one, to educate your potential clients on what products and services you offer by posting about them on social media often and featuring them prominently on your website. Remember to focus on what's in it for them and build value by using storytelling and testimonials Two, approach your consultations with the mindset of serving potential clients rather than selling to them. Remember that you're the expert and you're leading them through this to make sure it's a good fit for both of you. And three, create a basic wedding consultation outline and take time to write out the transitional phrases and strong, concise answers to common and uncommon questions. Practice them until it feels like second nature to you so you can confidently lead your potential clients through the consultation. You can use these tips to build that sales muscle and grow your income, all without adding any extra hustle to your plate. Juliana is a Seattle-based photographer with over a
0: decade of experience and has learned the value of having her own support team. Managing a team has brought out her love for creating business smarts and has given her the nickname, the Workflow Boss. She is here to share one of her top workflow hacks on how to create a blog post in 10 minutes. Yes, really, 10 minutes. I'm so excited about what Jules is sharing with us today.
7: Hey there, I am Juliana, Seattle sweetheart, wedding photographer and educator with a huge love for workflow hacks. Now, if I had to pick one thing that I believe photographers should start doing today, that would be to start a blog or at least start blogging once a week, especially since I know a lot of us out there are heavily relying on social media for our marketing. Now in the next few minutes, I'm going to share my big secret to how you can blog in less than 10 minutes. But before I get there, I wanna hit on two reasons why you should probably not skip blogging as a marketing tool. Now, number one, SEO. I know that seems like a very scary word, but it really doesn't have to be. And the truth is that content doesn't live on social media. It lives on Google, which is related to your blog. So you might want to be considering blogging for that reason alone. Now, blogging allows your website to become more current. It allows Google to rank it higher because Google ranks websites that are more fresh and relevant and helpful to the user. And blogging is one way to do that. You're not going to be constantly updating your website, but you can be constantly updating your blog. And don't forget that every time you update your blog, you're going to want to go create a pin for Pinterest, redirecting everyone to your blog. This is another really great reason to blog for SEO because Pinterest actually really does help you ultimately be found with SEO. All right, so I'm going to go into reason number two, and that is that you own your own space. You own your blog. You do not own social media followers. Remember that because a lot of people tend to forget that whole situation that went down with myspace when myspace went away we lost every follower that we had and we don't want to put all our eggs into social media basket because what happens if one day social media decides to disappear I mean honestly we just don't know what's gonna happen so let's gain control let's get into our own space where we have full control of what people are seeing where we're leading them what we want them to see without all the distractions that social media brings Okay, so I know it might have sound like I was bagging on social media, but I truly believe that social media has a place in this. So now I'm going to get into my quick four-step process into creating a blog in less than 10 minutes. I love these four phases. They are truly what keeps me consistent when it comes to blogging. So here they are. R-W-W-P, what does that stand for? That stands for research, write, workflow, and push. I'm gonna tap a little bit into each of these subjects, but if you're really interested in learning more about this, I actually created a whole content planner that has all four of these phases in a checklist, and you can get that in the show notes. Okay, so the research phase, this is actually always happening constantly. So this is basically you're just keeping a list on your phone and anytime a question comes up from a client, you head to an initial meeting, anywhere, you just have a random idea, you're gonna put this idea into your list on your phone. Now, the next phase is to create some sort of content planner. Again, I talk about this free content planner that you can download over on the show notes, but my content planner is super simple. I have it on Trillo and basically I have a section on there. It says brain dump. And what I do in there is once a week, I drop in all of those ideas that I've been collecting and I go through and I just kind of label them so that it gives me a good place to start kind of doing my research when I go into actually writing so I want you to go ahead and start doing this because you're gonna see that when you have those times that you're just like I don't know what to write about you're gonna have an endless amount of topics to talk about now because I cannot tell you if you see my brain dub section I have probably over 200 ideas so I never never run out of blog ideas Now, if you're anything like me, you can get really good at the research phase, but when it comes to the writing phase, this is where I personally get stuck. So here is my system if you are not a writer. Now, if you're a writer, you're freaking awesome. I give you so much credit, but here is my system. If you're not a writer, I recommend that you just start voice recording what you wanna say. This is actually works so much better for me than writing and it actually saves me a lot of time. My ideas can flow so much better when I'm actually just speaking them than when I'm sitting there in front of my computer. Now the key to this is to not force it. You wanna find out when is your work zones. This usually for me is when I am driving at any point. So the best time obviously is when I am driving home from a wedding and everything is fresh in my head. I can talk really greatly about that wedding more than I can a week later and I'm sitting down in front of my computer. So you really, really wanna learn when your work zones are and take advantage of that time. And that's when you can pull out the voice memo and start speaking. About five to seven minutes of you on your voice memo is a really great blog post. Now, the next phase, This is my favorite is the workflow phase and this is probably where you get stuck. So here's my recommendation. You're going to want to transcribe those voice memos. You can use an app like Rev, which costs about a dollar a minute and about a five to seven minute blog post or a voice memo is not a bad investment to getting your blog all written out for you. So once your work has been transcribed, you then would just need to copy edit it and structure it for a blog post. Now, this is not my favorite thing to do. So what I've done is I've hired a copy editor. It's cost me about $15 to $20 an hour. Totally worth it for me. I've always found these people on Fiverr or just posting something on Facebook. And once I find somebody that I really like, I kind of just adapt them into my team so that they're kind of constant with me and we kind of establish a really great workflow together. So this is really great because all I'm really doing is just grabbing ideas, recording a five to seven minute on that topic, and then having that transcribed with an app like Rev for a dollar a minute. You can actually also have it transcribed for free by just opening up a Google Docs, hitting voice type, and then just putting your phone on speaker. It would actually transcribe everything for you. It's kind of a fun little hack. So now we're gonna get into the last phase and that is push. This is where social media really shines. This is where I love to use a site called Canva. You can create beautiful graphics. You can create one for your Instagram stories, your Pinterest pin, your Facebook cover, all with just a click of a few buttons. And once you get those out, you're gonna really focus once that blog goes live in pushing people from your social media over to your blog. That is it. I hope I have convinced you to start a blog or start blogging more consistently.
0: Holy smokes, how insane was that? I love that each of them highlighted such radically different tips that you can combine into one major successful business plan. Each of these women on their own is phenomenal, but as a package, this episode is really something special. If you wanna get to know one or all of these women better, head over to today's show notes at jennacutcherblog.com slash photographer101. That's com slash photographer 101 and you can find their info and connect with them more. A gold digger first, you guys, six episodes in one show. What did you think? Head on over to gold digger podcast on Instagram and let me know your thoughts on this style of episode. I can't wait to hear from you. Oh, and as an added reminder, I will be leading five different photography workshops September 11th through September 13th. So if you're a photographer or an aspiring photographer and you want to learn three simple marketing hacks that you can use to fill your photography calendar, head on over to photowebinar.com to save your seat. Again, there are five free trainings all at photowebinar.com. I hope to see you there. And I sincerely hope you check out each and every one of these incredible women who shared with us today. Until next time, gold
1: diggers keep on digging your biggest goals. Thanks for listening to the gold digger podcast.